Uh, meanwhile, joining us for none of this on the Harbor One Hotline is Tommy Curran. He's brought to you by Wise Snacks. No one does crunchy, salty, or cheesy better than Wise Snacks. Tommy Curran, how are we doing this week? Tremendous. How are you, Jonesy? Hi, Mego. Hi, Christian. Hello, Tom. We're doing well. We're just arguing about tight ends here, but we don't need to waste our time on that. Uh, we, we played a ton of audio from your Patriots Talk podcast with Joe Dickinson, the throwing coach for Mac Jones, going back to age 11. Mm-hmm. A lot of interesting revelations in there, including after Mac's rookie year that Joe went to Mac and recommended him asking for a trade out of New England. Uh, what jumped out to you from that interview? That did to a degree. What also jumped out to me is Joe obviously has a major dog in the fight, that being Mac Jones, was Jones' response. No, 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 no. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to make it work. I want to be a New England Patriot. I want to succeed here. I want to be the next Tom Brady. I can do those things. I think what jumped out to me was more or less Joe Dickinson stamping as fact in a more direct line fashion that he wasn't nurtured. They didn't do anything to help him out. And really, when it came down to it, I said this to him at some point as we were talking for 45 minutes. You know, Joe, the whole thing didn't disintegrate because of X's and O's or lack of arm strength or anything. It disintegrated because of relationships. It disintegrated because... Bill didn't have a successor. When the successor was installed, Mac didn't trust the successor. Eventually, Mac spoke out and gesticulated towards the sideline about the successor. And once he did that, he was a snot-nosed kid who was going to get put in his place, and he did. So it ruined. And in doing so, Patriots went 4-13. and Bill lost his job. And Mac's probably going to lose his job, or actually already has. So, yay! <laughs> but that's honestly what freaking happened. That's what happened. So it feels like we're in store for a complete rebuild. I mean, I don't know how right. you categorize it any other way, Tom. A total rebuild. How long does it take in your mind before the Patriots are anything of substance again? Depends how many of these things they hit, Mego. For instance, you have a first-year head coach, a first-year offensive coordinator most likely, if Nick Cayley is announced in the near future, a first-year defensive coordinator, first-year special teams coach. Everything is accelerated because they went 4-13. and 13. The in, initial intent was Bill and Gerard both expire after 24. We'll see where things are. Gerard will be the successor most likely. It all got accelerated. So now they're in this limbo year in which they said, okay, we, we're not going to let Bill be in charge of the rebuild because he screwed it up two years ago. We don't like the decisions, and we want to change the culture. So this year, I hate to say it, it is totally and completely up in the air. They hit on all these things. They got on a hot streak at the blackjack table, and everything's coming up 19, 20, and 21. Fantastic. If they miss on some of these three these things, like the quarterback, like the tackle, like some of their free agent signings, because of injuries, scheme mess, misses, or chemistry, where the guy just can't play, you have to give it two or three years to figure out whether or not you missed. Do you think, so hit them, all, hit them all, and it could be two years, Mega. Miss them, and it could be five. Do you, do you think Gerard will be given the bandwidth, or that it, like if you bring in a new offensive coordinator like Nick Kelly, someone who's doing it for the first time, all these guys on their first go round, like how long is the leash? It's uh, look in two thousand and one. I remember being doing a hit with Dennis and Callahan after the Patriots fell to zero and two, and Tom Brady was coming in. And they asking me right after Bledsoe got hurt, will Bill Belichick 
see the end of his contract. And they were at that time 5-13. and 13. I said, I hope so, because this is a four-year operation. And I do think that they're heading in the right direction. I, I truly believed, even before we started playing, that Brady would be better than Bledsoe, and Bledsoe would never get his job back. I didn't foresee the greatest of all time, but I didn't see Bledsoe ever coming back. All that said, the Patriots went from 8-8 eight and eight with Pete Carroll in 99 to 5-11 and 11 in 2000. They were worse all those things. And then they started 0-2. And, and people were already starting to shift restlessly. That's before they won six championships. If the Patriots go 4-13 and again this year, and there is wasted timeout after penalty, after breakdown, after shutout, how patient will people be? Probably not that patient. Ownership is going to have to rise above it because they decided to move to speed up the timeline christian basically um well okay in terms of speeding up the timeline here there's a couple options they have at the quarterback position and i just want to know what you think percentage wise the possibility is for these three things uh sticking with mac making a uh, pick at third overall or trading for justin fields if those are the three options what would you think is most likely they'd be looking to do i have absolutely no idea what they should do or what their leaning is certainly in Mayo's conversation with Steve Burton, he indicated that it was an important position and they go after talent 1,000%. Is that a tip-off they're going quarterback? I have no idea. So that's one of those, this is an information question. I have nothing. What should they do? What do I think they should do? Those are two different things as well. What do I think they should do? I think they should trade down. I really do. I really think that they should either trade down to somebody who needs a quarterback and add a first-round pick for next year so that you have two, knowing that you're already going to be in the top ten most likely, and now you have two top ten picks for next year, and you drop down, say, no further than eight, nine, or ten, and you add your offensive tackle. Because you're going to most likely, when we really look at it with clear and open eyes, they're not going to get anything out of their rookie quarterback this year. Not with a rookie OC, not with an entire offense being installed, and not with absolutely no industrial um, knowledge being passed on from the veterans who are here. So, sorry, wrong place, wrong time to be drafted quarterbacks. Uh, Tom, I'm curious what's going on with the offensive coordinator search. Like, where where are they going to land with this? Could be done probably by feeling is the sense I'm getting from down there is – uh, they're very close, and it could be done within – it could be imminently done, put it that way. Now, could also not be imminently done, and it doesn't happen until sometime tomorrow. Nick Cayley is the front runner, as Andrew Callahan has reported, as I've heard as well. So that now leapfrogs to the next lily pad of, oh, boy, he's only coached tight ends. He's never coached at the front of the room and organized an entire offense. And I don't blame people for feeling that way. It's an awful lot of new guys standing at the front of rooms. And as coordinators, and as we've talked about before, Adam, when you're the coordinator, that's, that's what it means. You're not just dealing with the quarterback. You're not just dealing with the scheme. You're making sure the, the offensive line coach is doing his job, the wide receivers coach is doing his job, all the installs are going on the right tempo. There's an unbelievable amount of administrative work that goes into these jobs beyond just saying, here's our, here's our script for the first 25 plays. I don't want to take anything away from Nick Kelly if, if he earns this, wins this position. But is there anything that indicates to you that he 
is getting this position if it's announced and he gets it because it's unattractive to others who don't have such strong ties to the Patriots organization? Yeah, I think that's a fair question to ask. Absolutely. You know, there is so much, as we've expressed time and again, since the opening press conference for Gerard, there's so much uncertainty as to what the direction of this team is. So it's like selling a startup, right? Get in, ground floor, buy in now. We're going to give you equity. You're going to be good to go once this thing hits, and it's going to hit the ground running. We have a vision. We got the number three overall pick. We got a good defense. We have all this money to spend. Get in now. And guys are going to go, ah, I don't know. Do I move my whole family? How's that going to work? And like so, nine out of ten of them don't work. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's hoping against hope to, again, imagine this Patriots team is in for a quick turnaround, a la three and 14 to 10 and seven, as, as the Texans did, I believe. Might have my numbers off on the record, but it's hoping against hope to have that happen. And even then, Nick Casario had been there for many years and had made bold moves to trade for guys like Laramie Tunsil and to juggle things with Deshaun Watson. And he cycled through failures, too. So there is a little bit of a walk, fall, crawl before you can run that I think exists here, too. Yeah, so I'll agree to disagree on the uh, the Houston one, but we can put that to the side for a moment. I- I'm curious on your thoughts on Tom Brady Jr.'s, who's been doing the the media rounds here, Fox, uh, the McAfee Show, Cowherd, et cetera. Uh, your reaction, uh, or what you would think Tom's reaction, rather, is to Tom Brady Sr. Uh, discussing Bill Belichick in the Boston Globe. I don't think he'd be psyched, Jonesy. I think he <laughs> wants to put the genie back in the bottle. I think, look, he was... Nobody spent more time eye-rolling, agitated, distressed, and pissed off about Bill Belichick than Tom Brady did. But I think at this juncture, Tom Brady is absolutely a pragmatist. He is absolutely forward-thinking in what's best for me. And to make an enemy of Bill Belichick before he goes into the booth and needs to be able to lean on Bill if Bill ever gets another job... It's not what he's looking for. He's not looking to have that angst. He's not looking to have a pissing contest. He is wants to be the bigger man. But that doesn't mean that whatever comes out of his mouth is the God's honest truth. And he can sit in his front car and do an Instagram where he cries about the importance of Bill Belichick. And a lot of people do that about their 50s dad, who, <laughs> who would never give him a hug. And my dad made me a stronger person because he never gave me a hug or said, I love you or kissed me on the forehead. And I owe everything to him. But while it's going on, it sucks. So there is that element there. And I, I think that Tom Jr. would probably prefer Tom Sr. let sleeping dogs lie. But there is a paternal protectiveness, I'm sure, that exists when you caused my son a lot of stress and strain because you didn't believe he was good and he was sitting there right in front of you. So why do I have to bend my knee to you? And now, now Bill is, uh, to put it uh, a certain way, in the dumper, uh, according to Tom Brady Sr. Uh, Tom Curran, we appreciate the time as always. Uh, check out his work, Patriots Talk Podcast. Uh, you can see him all over NBC Sports Boston. And, of course, Tuesdays and Thursdays here on WEEI, Tuesdays with Gresham Fourier, and every Thursday at 3.30. Tom, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Bye. All Thanks, right. Tommy. Tommy Curran, as all our guests, joins us on the Harbor One Hotline.
His last three or four years are in the dumper, and his interpersonal skills are horrible, is what Tom is Brady Sr. Dumper? said about Doesn't that mean, like, rear end? Uh, what's the dumper? The like toilet? You talk the about toilet? The dumper is an ass. Yeah. yeah, you talk about someone's dumper. Oh, you're in, hey, you're nice in, the, dumper. You're in yeah. someone's dumper? Like, check out that dumper. Yeah, it's more like check out I that thought dumper. you were in like, the, like dumps the crapper. Like a truck. Truck, truck. I thought it was yes, like, like you're in the crapper. The dumper. No, I don't think people call butt a, a crapper, but they call this is no, really this you, is really no, high the level conversation. That's well, what I'm saying, but yeah. that's what that's it's what I thought he meant thing. by dumper. You're I think in the that's toilet. what he meant, but maybe he was. I think actually, he misappropriated because he yeah. made it sound like a you know. <laughs> this is my area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is our kid's expertise. Booty. Um, yeah, it wasn't his. What was his other analogy that was I a little off? Noticed booty. Uh, the the luster, luster has come off the rose. Yeah, so mm-hmm. not you know. Not the most eloquent, I guess, but I liked it. 